Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Each week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The World's End, directed by Edgar Wright, released in 2013 and out in cinemas now. If you haven't seen it yet and don't want to be spoiled, you might want to pause and come back later. The World's End is the third and final film in Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's Cornetto trilogy, which includes Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. We're going to be talking about all three of the movies in this review. So if you haven't seen any of them, I would suggest you go back, go off and watch all of them before you come back and listen to it. Um, if you haven't seen one of them, go off, watch that, and then come back. Five mates decide to... Oh, plot summary. <laughs> I just started reading again. Sorry. This is a plot summary of the movie. Five mates decide to take on an unfinished challenge from 20 years earlier of drinking a pint at each of their hometown's 12 pubs. Lots of things have changed since they were 18, and something is not quite right in Newton Haven. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Hi, yeah. And welcome to the 13th episode of Silver Screen Queens. <laughs> is that? This is our 13th episode. Oh, okay, cool. This is our 13th episode. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. Um, so I know, that's why I brought it up. Anyway. Um, well end. Well done. Um, Indeed. I couldn't believe for the first third of the movie that this was the same people who had made Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Mm. Like the whole first third of the movie was incredibly freaking awkward to watch and so frustrating and like yeah. not funny. And I was just sitting there going, I really hope this gets good soon because I couldn't like, I couldn't put it together with the other movies. Oh, okay. Um, basically, the whole first third of the movie is Simon Pegg as Gary King, who's like this man-child, never really mm. grew up, um, stuck in this sort of 70s, he's, uh, sort he's, of 80s. Yeah, he's the dude who was really cool in high school but has not moved on since then. Yeah. And the five of his friends, it's quite clear that they're kind of a bit dorky at school, even well, though... four of his friends. Four of him. his friends. Well, no, and five. Him. Sorry, yeah. all five of them. It's quite clear that all five of them were probably a little bit uh, outcast at school. I don't know if they were he... dorky at school. Maybe not. Well, they, yeah, maybe not. I don't think they but... were. I think they were supposed to be, like, like cool, or, or at least he and, and a couple of the others were supposed to be, like, cool, but not in the, like, popular sense, in the, like, cool outcasty sort of yeah, sense. But I don't of... think, I don't, I think the only really dorky mm. one probably would have been maybe um, Steve, uh, Peter, and yeah. then, um, who <laughs> is played by Eddie Marson, and reminded me so much of Peter Pettigrew in this movie. Me too! I couldn't stop I thinking, thinking it, and his name is Peter. Peter. Yeah, But agreed. it's like, it's almost like if Peter Pettigrew didn't grow up to be a total asshole, this is what he would have become. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, he was, I loved him. Yeah, he was really um, good. But that's not the point. No, we're um, back to the first third. So, so he was definitely yeah. supposed to be a dork. Right. And like the others were sort of like, but they say that he's not the kind of kid they normally would have hung out with. Yes. But he was kind of a laugh. Which is why the Peter Pettigrew thing happens, I think, for both of us. Because we yes. both went, the kind of kid you wouldn't normally hang out with. But. And his uh, name is Peter. Yes. And he gets picked on a lot. And he has this sort of rat-like face. Yes. <laughs> he looks Weasley. like Peter Pettigrew. Mm. But he's. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, and then yeah, I didn't feel like that. But then Gary doesn't really grow up. Yes. Um, and correct. he has a lot of drug problems and all this sort of thing. Yeah, and so and he still has the same look that he had in high school. Mm -hmm. So he goes off and tries to find. He tracks down his four friends from high school, um, and he gets them all to come back with him to do the pub crawl. And the hardest one to get back is, of course, Nick Frost, who plays Andy in a role that is rather enjoyably different from mm. both of the roles that he played in Hot Fuzz and Shaun of well, the Dead. It's almost like they've completely swapped roles from Shaun of the Dead. Like he's yeah. in this one, it's you know Nick Frost's character who's grown up and, and responsible and 
Simon yeah. Pegg's character who is the like deadbeat loser who is probably on your couch playing Xbox. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. I mean, it's um, a different They fell sort apart of because there was an accident. It's related at the to, beginning. It's mysterious at the beginning. We find out later on that it's related to Gary's various drug and alcohol issues over the years. Yeah. Um, but mm. it's, it's, yeah. Anyway. anyway. And then he, eventually he gets them all to come back. And then you sit through three, they've gone on a 12 pub. It's a 12 crawl. pub. It's called the you Golden Mile. You sit through Mile. like four of them before anything happens. Mm-hmm. It's four awkward pubs of them sitting around, not really connecting, not really. And there's no like heart to it. The only energy in that beginning part is Simon Pegg as Gary just being sort of manic. And it's this kind of frustrating energy where you're mm. like you are such a little twat but he's awful but yeah but he, he, you kind of know people like that yeah. where you're like i know who that is and you do get swept up in their enthusiasm and and you like them anyway but they're awful and that sort of thing um mm-hmm. and that's fine but it isn't wasn't enough to sustain me through the beginning of the movie and i felt like that was too long i wouldn't mind it so much if it was shorter okay set up but i was seriously I was just like, oh, my God, oh, is yeah. anything going See, to happen? See, I actually had no trouble believing that there was the same people because I'd, we'd watched the other two, um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and it, it had a bit of a Shaun of the Dead vibe about it in that these people were kind of going about their lives kind of oblivious to everything else that was going on, I But guess. there wasn't – There was a lot there of weren't exposition the set up, though. I know, but there also weren't the, – the great thing about Shaun of the Dead is the way that the zombie apocalypse is happening – just out, just outside of their w- little world. Yeah, and they're just and you can see it happening. Caught up to notice. Yeah, exactly. This you you only sort of get hints of it happening when once they hit town. To happen. And then yeah. and then suddenly it happens. So it didn't have that mm-hmm. nice build up, and also it didn't feel as as smart as Shaun of the Dead was in yeah. terms of its um its um social commentary and stuff. Shaun of the Dead had all that interesting, like everybody's a zombie sort of thing yes. about it, and it was it was. <sighs> I don't get me wrong. I really liked this movie once the apocalyptic stuff got started. Oh, okay. Once the robots, came, well, the what I was calling mm. blue Barbies, came in. Barbies, because they bled blue and they come apart like Barbies. The robot things, in, like they yes, fit together like doll parts. They do. That's true. Hmm. Um. Anyway, but, see, yeah. I loved it once that stuff started, and then I got really into it, and I was having fun, and I was laughing, and but mm. the whole beginning part was like. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz both had at their core like a bromance, basically, uh, a re- yes. a relationship between um between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's characters, which is not here in this one. It is, but it, you don't get the payoff of it until right at the end, mm. um, because they're a part because there's part of a group, yeah. yeah, but also because they're you can they're still the core of it, but they're apart for so much of the movie, mm. and they don't come together again until the very end of the movie. Oh, okay, mm. okay. I mm, I think I had problems with this all the way through. I never okay. quite enjoyed it as see. I think out of the three, Hot Fuzz is far and away my favorite. Hot Fuzz was my, is my favorite, like too. far and away. And I have a feeling it's because it's the only one that isn't like supernatural. Really, I didn't. That didn't bother me at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't know why. That, I, don't I think this one was fine for me, but then I kind of that this one I was disquieted by the ending of both this one and Shaun of the Dead because. There's no kind of restoration. You actually, well, it's Shaun of the Dead, you have it more than this, but you actually end up in like a post-apocalyptic world at the end. There's no yeah. kind of, the resolution isn't great. It's not a happy ending for these people. No, but I uh, love that. I yeah. like that. Um, I like the kind of black humor stuff and I like the fact that they just, like, because 
these are comedies, but they're also parodies of those movies, those kinds pa- of movies. Parodies so of it's the a genre. zombie movie yeah. parody, or it's a um, a cop movie parody, and cop movies have happy endings. Mm. Zombie mo- movies don't tend to because the zombies are still there. You don't like. You don't just um, get it might be a good them. time to confess that the only zombie movies I've ever watched are Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. Well, in Zombieland, it's the same thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe they, just they notice it. They, I mean, you don't have one, one of the main characters die, but it's the same. I think yeah. it's been a while since I saw it. But yeah, I can't remember sort of, either. You know, there's there's no there's no easy resolution for a zombie movie. Yeah, there just isn't. Um, and there wasn't and one. In there isn't one either. in a in a disaster apocalypse movie. Okay. You knew what you were getting into when you saw it. It's the end is nigh, um, time to get obliterated sort of. It's I, did, I, I thought we would have some kind of, like everybody would have grown up a little bit, but I, I really did think we would well, have a see, normal that, ending. That was really interesting to me because the message of this movie is the same message as Serenity has, which is that humans have the right to fuck up as much as they can mm. or want to or are able to, but they, it's their choice to do that. It's their choice to do the wrong thing because otherwise there's no choice to do the right thing. Yes, like which is the, a lovely message, and I actually like the way that happened. And that there's a scene at the end in the last pub, The World's End, between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, where we can't finally get Gary's kind of his sort of rock bottom moment, which is quite nicely yeah. done. Yeah, and then of course he has to tell the power, the network, whatever it is, the big bad the network is the big bad, the yeah. network <laughs> that yeah he's you know he's human, but he'd rather be human and messed up and whatever else. And he wants to make his mistakes rather than mm. being perfect, and yeah, which is a good message and fine message and all that kind of stuff. I don't. I just didn't have as much fun in this one as I had in the others. Okay, see, I didn't for the beginning, but I really. I firstly, mm. I thought the blue barbies, which are called blanks, blanks, they're sort of robot yes. things that take over, that replace the people mm-hmm. in the town. I thought the cons- the way that they were created was fantastic. Mm. They were so different to any other kinds of robot type things that we've seen. Yes. Um and which made the fight scenes cool. There's this bit where there's like a female robot thing and like her arms have been ripped off. So she she's puts got, her she her puts her twin her. sister's legs on like yeah. the twin sister robot's legs on his arms, mm-hmm. which makes for one of the best, most creative fight scenes I've seen in ages. It's brilliant and hilarious and I loved it. I loved when um big spoilers, <laughs> Martin Freeman robot's head came off mm. like half came off and he was yeah. talking i was like that's so cool yeah um and there's a lot of jokes that are like they they say them in the middle of the action and you don't really notice what they're saying until which a is bit afterwards which the i other thought two was hilarious well. the other two movies do that and i really like that i just didn't notice as many of them in this one see i i, I picked started picking up once i got into the rhythm of them of mm. it i think i picked up more um again peter it was still really sharp writing don't get me yeah. wrong i thought the the script is fantastic in this and yeah the writing is some great of the things little... gary says i <laughs> know oh, he's a... like some of the brilliant rants that he comes out with are so funny or his big announcements, you know, what's going on. Oh, yeah, happen. he's got, he, he uses this, um, he, when he, yeah, when he like starts talking about something, he has this great Shakespearean flourishing yeah. in, in, introduction to and, everything. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's sort of almost at odds with this, um, guy who's a bit of a loser. No, but that's the thing is that none of it's accurate. No, none not of what even he remotely. says is ever right. He just says <laughs> it's grandiosity. It, so it's true. You yeah. Know? Like it's grandiose. Hel- there we go. Yeah, it's, he's hel- he, like, uh, he has some really brilliant stuff and I loved getting to see Nick Frost as the action hero. I loved him oh, when he was, when he was beating like, his way through everybody and I, running. I have and- to say, I agree. I, one of the greatest delights of the movie for me was watching him um, 
somersault out a window yeah, or I got fly over something. It just looks so much fun. I know. That was great. I loved that. Um, so, and, and Eddie Marson was like a delight for me because I had really no good, idea yeah. that he, and he just cracked me up. The, the bit where they, they've just fought um, the, their first blue Barbies in the bathroom mm-hmm. and uh, they are not are trying not to let on that they know anything and they're walking through town in like this line of five Lockstep. all together. Um, and they, that, that whole scene where it's in time with the music is brilliant. Mm. I love that. And but then like, must pretend everything's Eddie normal. Eddie Marsden's face, like he has this stupid little smile on his face for all the walking shots that <laughs> made me laugh. Like I was like falling out of my seat laughing oh. at his face, which – I don't know if everybody would have noticed because I was like, I suddenly looked at him at one of them and then I saw that he had the same face on oh, in every shot. Okay. And it made me laugh really, really hard. Um, and there no, were other bits, that. little bits that they did that were like, where they were talking about what to call the blanks and they were talking oh, about Oh God, these that other was things. hilarious. That There's a whole scene where that, that is actually happening while the outdoor fight with yeah. the woman with the leg arms is happening outside. Um. Gary and whatever the character played by um, Rosamund Pike, Rosamund Pike's character Sam, yeah, Rosamund Pike's character are in this, and and is Nick Frost? No, no, Nick Frost is inside. Yeah. So they're outside having a fight, and inside the other three, or whoever, are still sitting around the table trying to work out a, a good name for these yeah. people, and they just, just they come up with some completely hilarious ones, but never they quite do, get. They there. do, and it's that sort of thing. They're the stand by me fireplace scenes, is what I was thinking mm. of, of them as, where they just, you know, have you seen Stand by no. Me? Okay, so they in Stand By Me, they have a whole scene around a fireplace of what's goofy. Yes. And everybody's trying to figure out what goofy is in the Disney world. And they're like, he's oh. a dog. He can't be a dog. Pluto's a dog and he can't talk. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like every um, every Quentin Tarantino has movie has its, um, you know, three yeah. beers holding up three fingers kind of scene. Like they, yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah. A little it's... scene where they sit around being silly. But they have them it's all embedded in the action it's mm-hmm. just sort of like yeah. what they're doing at the pub at that time yeah. and once that but that's not again that doesn't start till after the good stuff starts yes and then they start doing it and then there's these other really funny um scenes like the one in the smokehouse and stuff where they're all just where gary decides to bash his head against a pole to, to prove, prove that, that he's, he's human, human. <laughs> they're like yeah that's gary yeah, exactly <laughs> no doubt that's like all it but it all None of it starts till after, the, like the whole first yeah. of the movie is just a waste of time. Well, it is. It's so much setup, isn't it? Just it's so, so much, much setup. So I feel like if I could rate a movie that was just the other parts of the movie, I like it. Mm. But I'm rating this whole movie, and I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Also, I liked the addition of Rom- Rosamund Pike. I liked yeah, her. Yeah, uh, she, she did, was good. She did a good job. Um, I, yeah, as playing Martin Freeman's sister. Mm. And then mm. Martin Freeman didn't come alive till he was a robot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he yeah he wasn't given a lot to do, and because the other this group of five is um, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, obviously, and the other three are Eddie Marsden, as we've mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, Martin Freeman and Paddy Considine, mm. and and then um, Martin Freeman's character has a sister played by Rosamund Pike. So they're kind of all involved. Yeah. At times, and yeah, they um, yes, and Paddy Considine gets a few good things to do. He does a good job. Yeah. He's quite sweet actually in it. Mm, he has um, a, he has a nice role. He's kind of. He's sort of the most likable person, I suppose, out yes, of the group of them. I would say so. Um, and he, and yeah, Martin. But Martin Freeman's role is basically to be the first guy who gets replaced. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of what, and to be the guy who has the sister. He doesn't. You're right. He doesn't get much to do until he gets replaced. At which mm. point, he's hilarious. <laughs> but not till then. Yeah. Um. I, I also thought that um, David Bradley. 
Yes. Um, oh yes, David Bradley is, was the high, one of the highlights for me. Yeah. He's 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 like the crazy old barfly <laughs> who turns out to um, pretty much save all their butts in the he's end. He's like the mysterious mysterious guy. The old he, barfly. He, sort of, he used to be the guy who talked about you know mm. alien conspiracy theories, but then when the way he talks and then he disappears and he's like run as a disembodied voice and stuff. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> yeah, what do you think I drink through this fancy straw? <laughs> So they can't get his DNA. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, so odd and so funny, that bit. You um, seem to have laughed a lot more than I did. I, I mean, I laughed. It's not that I didn't laugh. I really didn't. I really did. But I I still have this memory of sitting in a cinema watching Hot Fuzz and not knowing anything about it. And it was it, that was my first of the three. And we just pissed ourselves. I do think Hot Fuzz is the funniest movie. Yeah. Hot Fuzz is like – but. I suppose another thing is that Shaun of the Dead and The World's End both have, um, they have to They've set up something different. And they're in a particular genre that I yeah. don't really watch. But they, they also so, have to yeah. set up more of the world that they are in. Yes. Whereas Hot Fuzz is just like, everybody's seen a cop movie, this is a cop movie. Right. Um, and so they have a lot more freedom to be mm-hmm. ridiculous and funny and all that sort of thing. And cop movies kind of are funny. Like yeah. bloody cop movies are funny. True. So, But Hot Fuzz is... Like, it's my favourite of the three. It's the funniest, but I still think Shaun of the Dead is the cleverest movie out of the three of them. Hmm. Okay. Shaun of the Dead is built in such a clever way. The little pieces come together in this really clever way, and the little characters fit together Mm -hmm. in a clever sort of a way. So that, like, I didn't really feel like anybody in Shaun of the Dead was like Martin Freeman in The World's End. No, everybody had Everybody a had a little spot. purpose. Even Martin Freeman in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> He's a tiny, tiny two-second cameo. Yeah, but mm. but everybody sort of, and they, and like Shaun's mum is so funny and clever. Mm. And Harriet the way Jones that MP. they, sorry? Harriet Jones MP. Yes. <laughs> I don't um, know the actress's name. I just know she's Harriet Jones from Doctor Who. Yeah, but it, it's just, it, it seemed a lot smarter than the other two, just in... Mm. Being a like a rom zomcom is what they called it at the time. Okay, it it is. I think it's a really clever little movie that fits. It it is and everything mm. in nicely, and is also really funny at certain moments, Mm -hmm. but has more of that heart and emotion and like sad things happen. Yes, the world's end. You didn't even get that sense that sad things were happening, even when people were dying. (laughs) Yeah. Well. And Hot Fuzz didn't have any of that at all. No, no. It really. was just funny and it had the sweetest little bromance out of the three of them in it. Yeah. Um, hmm. But it, yeah, I felt like there was, I think the biggest problem that I had with The World's End was a lack of heart. Yes. I think that's where I'm, I'm coming from as well. It's the kind of movie that people who have now been famous for 10 years and are making another, getting back together to make a movie kind of make, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the kind of thing where you... There's a sense of, you know, we we do this well. We're just going to sit down and do this again, and it's going to be really fun. And they may may not have been quite as hungry for it as they were when they made something like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that might be the case. I don't know if it's maybe. I thought maybe there was a cynicism about being older. Yes, that is. Then that's kind of part of the whole thing. Is there is that? There's the whole. Because that that's the thing, like um, Gary's Gary has never grown up, but the rest of them are all almost too grown up. Mm. They're all beige suits and houses in the house in the suburbs and a wife and the kids and the Audi. They're yeah. almost too grown up, and 
there's it is kind of about striking that balance between not giving in to every single just just following the crowd and being part of the world but also at the same time recognizing that you are not 17 and that you can't get away with just going around thinking that one day you'll be a rock star the way that gary does i think there's there is that it's of course of course i found that more interesting than anything else that was going on in the movie because that's the kind of thing i get interested in and Mm. the whole idea of you know Gary not feeling like he doesn't have anything else. That's why he drinks so much and that's why he's in rehab and he's just in such a bad way. And the others, you know. I thought he was in rehab, but he's not in rehab. Oh, that's the that's the thing. He's that, in like, the psych ward. Yeah, yes. he's in the psych ward. He's not. So this that's was true. the thing in the whole movie that I was like, I actually thought this was an interesting and clever twist because I didn't see it coming. And through the whole movie, I'd been thinking about it. You were thinking about it. I was thinking about him being in rehab and him because the, the begin- yeah it starts that's with what him telling a story to a like group yeah, yeah and that's what is implied but that's not what it is so i kind of don't want to give people give that away too much but yeah that was i thought that was interesting mm. um the other great thing is that that the the network that takes over oh. is kind of like all that corporate yes thinking and also this was sort of my take on it because of my own personal things but like <laughs> It was kind of a fight between that happy sort of, oh, everybody loves each other and let's all get along and you should eat organic and they recycle the people and yes. all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like the, the tension that between that crazy. and the messiness. The tension between and that and, and yes, exactly. And the cynicism of messed upness the, of being a human. Right. But also like the right to be able to swear and to not think think things are gonna go well and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to you always have to be let's be really happy and optimistic and never think about your future. And think about but also yeah, yeah, that oh, they're making things better. Yes. Don't you just want it to be better? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And and that's and I guess that's the interesting bit. And the because the big bad, the network is actually very similar to the singularity. Have you heard of the singularity? No. Okay, so the singularity is this idea that all the machines and networks that we rely on will at some point become smarter than us and take over, which is this thing called the singularity. Oh, yes. You mean it's um, Skynet? Skynet. Well, it is kind of like Skynet, but it's more, or it's more organic. It's like that we will become so reliant on networks and technology and machines and whatever else that we'll actually get to a point where we can't live without, like that, where we can't really live without them, mm-hmm. and that they will be. And then at that point, they will become develop their own intelligence. Yes, basically Skynet. It's the plot of a thousand I sci-fi know, movies. For me, it's always going to be Skynet. Yeah, um, but this is the thing. But the singularity the reasons... is like a thing. It's, it's a thing that certain people get worked up about. People who are into conspiracy theories and the like get quite worked up about the singularity. Ah, and I think then that's what the the network is, and the network is, of course. You know, just computers and technology. Because it's aliens and they brought us the communications and stuff. Yes. Well, Um, the hypothesis is that that the technology that we have was all brought here by aliens in order to enslave us. Although they... they, Not enslaved because we're not robots, because we're not slaves. Because Robotnik means slave. Yes. Which is a point that they labor in the movie. They keep talking Um, about that. Which I understand because that's sort of the... Mm-hmm. That point has obviously been laboured in that town, right? Um, and it's a very slow takeover. It, it does but the seem reason, that way. The se- reason it seems to be such a slow takeover is because Earth is just not 
working out for them, mm-hmm. um, which is a funny sort of idea. But yeah, it yes, it's, it, it's a slow takeover because humans are so stubborn and yeah. they keep fighting them. Yeah, um, but yeah, it um, and they have a joke at the end where they're like, "Oh, we don't want to replace many people. We want to get people on side." And you're like, "How many?" They're like, "How many people in the town have you not replaced?" And there's three people left, and one of them still fighting against yeah. them. You know, um, which is yeah. really funny. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, it's an interesting idea. I one of the reasons I like it is because that's one of my theories is that, you know, it's going to be the artificial intelligence that'll take over. Oh, really? I always like that as a world-ending scenario because I'm terrified of robots. Oh, okay. I've never been scared with of that. actual human intelligence. I think it started when I was young and I saw robots playing music and I'm like, robots can't play music. You can't have robots playing music because well, you can if you program them to. <laughs> no, I understand that, but but they're playing live music and that defeats the purpose of having live music. Oh. Because they can't make mistakes because they're robots. Oh, Which okay. is pretty much the theory of this movie, really. Yes, exactly. That's that's pretty much the theory. See, <laughs> See that it fits very stuff, well in with my That my... kind of stuff has never actually bothered me and I don't believe in the singularity. I don't think the machines are going to become more intelligent than us, but sure. You never know. We it make all the machines. They're only ever going to be as smart or as – they're only as good as their inputs and where their input. No, but this is the thing is that eventually they will develop their own intelligence because we're programming them to learn. Mm. We are programming robots to learn. But they still only – then I don't hey, – anyway, I don't – probably don't want to go down this road because neither of us is really knows what and we're And then you get about. into like bio-organical – bio-organic? Yeah, oh, right, right, like – hybrids yeah. machine human machine organic hybrids yeah yeah i don't know anything about that and then clearly they'll become i just machine. all i all i was like was like the network do you mean singularity <laughs> and then um then i was like oh, i don't believe in the singularity what was the other what i also thought of harry potter a lot because of yes. the peter pedigree thing well so and also david to... bradley's in there yeah because david bradley is like everywhere at the moment that but he's also in all three so much work he's in all three of the movies the cornetto yes, trilogy he's in all of the cornetto as is bill trilogy. nye yes bill um nye. I think that's it, though. Yes, I think so. Oh, no, Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman is in all three, isn't he? And obviously um, Nick Pegg and Simon Frost. No. <laughs> Nick Simon Frost Pegg and Simon and Pegg. Frost. Um, and there's certain things that they do, like they have this little close-up with the loud noises. Yes, there's jumping over fences scene in yeah. each one of them. Um, and the Cornetto. The Cornetto, which comes right at the end. Yeah, I think that was a real Easter egg for people. Was yeah, the oh, people our in... whole cinema started going, oh, the Cornetto. Yeah, my, my cinema did that too, mm. um, which goes to show that every almost everybody in these cinemas knew what was going on. So everybody, yes. so everybody had an expectation of this movie already. Yes, they did. And yeah, so, no, nobody's going into it. I wonder I guess. if like we had too much of an expectation, and then not like because they're not really as closely linked as all that. No. Um, so maybe there was too much expectation. I actually and... always got the idea that they were not uh, – that they made a couple of movies that had some similarities between them. And then later on, somebody decided that they were a trilogy and that the thing that linked them was Cornettos. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe they when, – when you watch all three of them together, it feels like they're all sort of three not quite linked but pieces of work from the same kind, same director and the same writer. And Yeah. Yeah. They're not – they're certainly not set in the same worlds or anything no, like that. But, they don't not sequels or. But I think I don't think it was unintentional that they had the Cornetto and all those other little no. nods to Shaun of the Dead in Hot Fuzz. No, and certainly I think with this one, it's it's like they just have all the little nods to the other movies. But there's also a yeah. there are a couple of common themes and elements and things mm-hmm. about humanity and about like people and about about the friendship. Yes, the power friendship, of friendship, friendship, and 
the sort of banality and messiness of humanity and how we, we try and keep things neat and tidy and working. But really, when it comes down to it, we're all cups, like you say. What's interesting, I just realised, is that what you're watching is at the beginning Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are together. Yes. And then they sort of split apart and come back together for Hot Fuzz. Mm. And then it seems like they broke apart before um, World's End, mm-hmm. right? Came back together for a little bit. But then they're apart at the end of World's End. I just realised how sad that is. Because <laughs> I thought it in the movie. I was like, oh, they're just not even like, because they didn't, they didn't really get together. I suppose I'm talking about it like it's a romantic comedy. But but no, you would imagine that they would be friends again and they would live next door to one another and yeah. they're not. They're yeah, exactly. in different places. Which might also be about things. the cynicism of being an adult. Of and growing getting... old and but growing apart from your friends. I just thought it was so sad. Yeah, I, f- I found that a bit sad as well, to be honest. I just, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was not knowing what I was getting in for when the, I went into it. What? The other thing that got me was that the heights of them, them as teenagers are all wrong. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The kid who plays young Simon Pegg is taller than the rest of them. <laughs> si- Simon Pegg's never been and taller than everyone plays, in his life. like, 18-year-old Nick Frost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Nick Frost is short and, like, yeah. you're just sort of looking at the five of them going, like, that's not the same five people. <laughs> no. They don't, not, not only do they not look alike, they don't look like the people that they're supposed to be playing, but no. they also aren't the right heights. Which sort of just no. makes it crazy. Like when there's a scene where um, Gary King, Simon's pet character, is talking to young Gary King. Yes. And he's looking up at him. And you're like, yeah. you don't you shrink not- like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know it's about getting older, but he's not 80 yet, you know? Like, no. I'm sure there was some kind of joking around on set about that. It was just, yeah. But mm. yeah. Mm. Talking about it now, it just sounds so much worse. I actually really liked it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it too. I, um, but I just. Yeah, I, I certainly certainly had a lot of fun. I just, I don't know. I think the whole time in my head, I was like, "This is not as good as Hot Fuzz." <laughs> that's one of the problems of. That's what I was saying before. Yeah. Like, it it's not really actually part of this, and so comparing it to Hot Fuzz is not really. It's not even fair. Beneficial. It's not fair, and it's because they're right. totally different yeah. types of movies. Um, and, and but that, that was the thing is that I I don't know if it's supposed to be funny in those first twenty. Like I I see a lot of these things where people who have done all this stuff together are sort of like, isn't it funny that we're just so awkward now? So they're having these in-jokes in that yeah. are going on. And, and you might you're sitting there them. watching the movie just going, make something happen. This is so frustrating. Like, I just wanted to like, I was, wanted to pull my hair out or something. I was just sitting there like, oh my you God, I hope it gets thing, better. Though, where you don't cope very well with awkward humour. No. And it wasn't humour, though. It no, was just awkward awkwardness. I yeah. So I, I didn't want to pull my hair out or anything but I was just I don't know I think I just it did now see at the time I was like okay this is just what's happening we've got to set all this story up but now now I think back to it it is a lot of setup it's too long Mm. they could have done that in one pub they didn't need to go to the fourth pub before finding everybody they could have done it in one or two pubs and just gone it's still really awkward and then had the fight scene and everything start getting exciting yes the film like Gary was determined to go through all 12 pubs well, it, that didn't even bother me as long as they were running through them fast and something no, happened or doing in something in each one. Yeah. Like the bit where they they were like, we have to, let's get back to the car. Oh, no, to get back to the car, we have to go through one of the next pub on the stop mm. was great. I or liked that. that. What they could have done there is actually, in fact, rather than do the whole getting everybody back together in London and getting on the train and coming down, start in the first pub where they're all together and it's awkward and then have, it takes two or three pubs for everybody to start warming up and yeah. getting used to each other. And that's where we learn 
the characters and the relationships. It's t- yeah, mm. it's just too much of of Simon Pegg showing us who Gary is. It's like we got yeah, who we get Gary who Gary is. is. He's not a good guy, um, and then none of everybody else. Everybody else is just sort of one guy, mm-hmm. really, until later. You don't find out who they are until later. Yeah, um, and that's all. And all of that happens really like you could have just a whole movie of the good part. Yeah, <laughs> all the good stuff is in the good part. Why did they have this huge long part at the beginning? Yeah, a lot just, of exposition. Oh, hmm. It's not even exposition. A lot of it's just them sitting around hmm. talking. Yeah, I'm sure that was. I'm, yeah, I think in you, unfunny ways. I think you might be onto something that it might, it might and, be fun for them. But also, yeah, like talking about when they were kids and they knew each other as well, which is sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun for them. We're having no fun. Yeah, we're not we're not enjoying. Take this us part. along on this journey. Exactly. Indeed. Um. Anyway. anyway, I think we're actually getting kind of close to time. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, because I think we've both run out of things. I didn't know what to say either. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you have a rating. I do. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Okay, I give it. Hmm. What do I give it? Oh God, now I have to think. No, I think I give it three out of five. Okay. Uh, so if you want to find out more about anything we've talked about tonight or read the show notes for the podcast or find any of our other episodes, you can do that on our website, which is silverscreenqueens.com. You can also get in touch with us on our Facebook page or through Twitter, which is at screen underscore queens. If you want to read Katie's full review of this movie and of every other movie that she watches, you can do that at her blog, which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.